you ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. Welcome to another episode of the Living Your Legacy Show. One of the things that we strive to do in this show is to provide you with ideas, support, strategies, so that you can successfully come at all areas of legacy development and legacy making so that you can create an extraordinary legacy that's going to literally change the world. And today I have a really awesome person to talk about one facet of legacy making I haven't yet actually addressed in all the episodes that we've done, which is the tail end of your legacy. And that's talking about the launch. How do you tell the world that you have this thing that everybody needs to know about that's going to help so many people and that they need to be in and involved? So how do we do that? Of course, there's lots of ways like everything else in the world, and it can be so overwhelming. And today's guest is going to help us to take a little bit of that overwhelm out of it and offer tips and strategies that we can go away and put into practice. And I love that. So let's introduce you to our guest. I would like to take a moment to introduce you to my friend, Ray Richardson. She runs a business called Force for the number four events. It is a launch and event marketing consultancy. Now that's super cool. As an event and launch strategist and marketing mentor, Ray works predominantly with course creators, mentors, and business coaches to help them launch their courses or group programs, making sense of their marketing and how to maximize the potential when launching, which is so important because that marketing beast can be so confusing. So she's talking here, we got to think lead magnets, funnels, sales pages, content creation, visibility, audience growth, and everything in between. And if that's got you feeling a little overwhelmed, Today, we're going to start pulling that apart little bit by little bit so that you can better understand what she's referring to here and how we can approach all those things in a way that's in alignment with you and who you are, not just grabbing after every shiny thing that comes along because there are so many. So, Ray, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, Michelle. Wonderful to be here. I love being able to reach out globally with this podcast and have guests from all over the world share their expertise. Why don't you share with everyone where you're located? I am located near just outside London in the UK. Love it. So, Ray, the first question that I always start out with is this. When you were in grade four and the teacher asked you what you wanted to be when you grow up, what was it and did you do it? So it was definitely not launching, unfortunately. (laughs) I wish that was was who I wanted to be. But I uh, very randomly, perhaps, wanted to be a private detective. Uh, And I feel that some of that curiosity and that um, need for connection and reading between the lines has very much stayed with me to this day. And I can carry on implementing all of those um, kind of instinct in a way. I love that. Um, And you're absolutely right, because a private detective has 
you know, got to know the subject that they're, they're working with. They need to know the reasons why the person wants somebody checked out or a business checked out. They need to, you know, be tenacious to figure it all out. And they've got to be able to sort of synthesize all that information to be able to present that back to the person who hired them, which kind of fits with what you do with launching and event planning. I love that. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Totally does. So did you follow the PI route and do that? No, unfortunately I didn't. Um the the kind of the the life tickets it's taught it's course, it's on course. Um and um I'm originally from Lithuania and my family moved over to the UK and and from then on it was just kind of going into education I came across marketing um in the early days of going to college and I kind of just fell in love with the variety the excitement just all the different avenues that you can go in and and from there on university came and then the career ladder started there you go that makes total sense it does make sense to me that marketing would have intrigued you because there is so many you know avenues and and facets to do it and understanding them and how they can apply to people um, could be really cool, especially all that super sleuthing and detectiving in there. So I love that. Um, so now tell us a little bit about how, how did you get into your consultancy business and what is it that you really do there? Hey, so this is quite a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. Um, is about seven years ago, I started out, uh, working for myself. Uh, it was after about 14 years prior to that, where I was in the corporate world, um, working on events and promotions and, and marketing. And I very much loved the buzz of the events. Uh, and when I actually became a mom for the first time, it, I noticed that they used the, there started to be a shift where I didn't necessarily, I enjoyed the events very much, but I also wanted to stay at home mm. <laughs> and not be pulled to the various events. So when my second daughter came along four years later, I decided to leave the corporate world and and do something different. And it was a few years down the line after that, um, when I did kind of start my consultancy, which I started out in digital marketing just to try and and sort of make ends meet, I suppose, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, When the events kind of pulled me, shall we say, and and so from there on, the the events came back, uh, and it was the COVID that made the events kind of go quiet a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, or certainly pivot to virtual a bit more. And it was during that period um, when I came across the cor- kind of a lot of courses being developed, a lot of people were creating things uh, with being sort of um you know not having to commute or or not or being um staying at home because their offices were closed or whatever they were creating lots of things that um were trying to put out into the world mainly things that were amazing and really useful but what was frustrating at that point for them was launching and actually making those courses and those wisdom packs available to the right people putting mm-hmm. it in front to the right people so that's kind of when I found my calling in a way and I thought well there are so much knowledge and so much wisdom out there and for for as much as the course creators love creating and putting together um, courses and train people and share their skills um, they they might not you know the marketing side of things is like a completely different world for them right Mm-hmm. it's so difficult to market yourself I feel uh, and and especially when you need to start thinking okay so who is this course for is for um, where should I put it out um, and so it just kind of evolved from there really um, I, I sort of saw a gap in the market in a way and and sort of started developing packages and, and my own programs to support those who have amazing courses to talk about. That's awesome. And you're absolutely right. I think in the process of developing anything like that, you get very focused on the thing you're developing because it's kind of your baby, right? You've been working on all the background stuff, how you're going to share this, what is it going to look like? 
um, how, who is it that it's designed for? And you may or may not have thought about that part really, right? You thought about putting this out there where you see a need in the market and you want to just share this piece of you to help make other people's lives easier, better, help them earn more money, whatever that is. And then when it's kind of wrapped up and you're like, okay, I'm ready to do something with it. The next piece is like, oh, now what do I do? Because there's so many things out there and literally everyone you talk to has a different opinion. Oh, you need to do Facebook groups. Oh, you need to be on TikTok. Oh, you need to be um, attending networking meetings. Oh, you need to be doing this or doing that. Or now you need to write a book to go with it. Or you need to do this. You need to do that. And it can get so overwhelming because they all sound good and they all work in their own right. So that's a really big question that people come up against. Like, oh my gosh, what do I do next? How do I let people know? And I love that you shared that because the reality is if you're not really in that sphere, it is really overwhelming thinking like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Some things are paid. Some things are free. How do I do this? Like, do I, do I do video? Do I do posting? Do I do email? What do I do? Do I do all of it? And if I have to do that, how do I do all that? Yeah. All of because, a sudden you're yeah, just a marketeer basically, right? <laughs> yes. And it's so overwhelming because how you do a Facebook post isn't how you do an email newsletter and how you get on TikTok and show up there isn't the same as how you show up on Instagram. Um, you know, if you're going to be on YouTube again, totally different beasts, they have different rules. They have different social etiquette. They have different posting processes and algorithms. Like there's just so much. So Let's start at the very basics. Someone's just finished their amazing legacy. And now they are looking at that big, bad world of marketing. What would be some tips that you could give people to help them to decide what's next? Mm, such a great question. Uh, so it's, yes, that's totally one of, one of the common challenges, actually, that many clients come to me with is usually so, you know, they get so overwhelmed and, and it's knowing um, what to turn to and what to do first. So, so the first thing that I kind of help them with is breaking it all down into smaller ch chunks and smaller tasks um, and then setting out a plan of action of, of whatever needs to happen. And then focusing on one or two channels. Um, and, and that goes both ways. What I love about what I do is that all my programs are delivered bespoke. So it's very much, it's not a, a kind of like an off the shelf kind of solution. You get something that's really, truly in line with you and how you like to use marketing, how you like to do business. It's very much, you know, in tune and in line with, with that. So, um, so focusing on, on one or two channels that you truly enjoy hanging out in or using, you know, if you're a words person, then we're going to focus on maybe more blogging and content writing and longer form posts and things on social media, maybe articles and some magazines. So it's very much in line. In, and, you know, I, I listen, I, I kind of take into account what it is that you um, enjoy doing and equally what uh, what you enjoy consuming as well what kind of content do you like to consume and how uh, whether it's a list of a one one that you might listen to maybe a podcast mm -hmm. uh, one that you might record as a video um, you know there's um, I'm an introvert myself so doing video content kind of doesn't come easily for me um, so I tend to be a bit more words orientated myself um, but, you know, if, if someone is not really faced by that, then then we go with creating um, online um, sort of presence through video form and video, of course, is just so engaging and and so easy to connect with your audience through. So, so that could be one of the one of the tools um, and avenues that we go by. Um, so so there is, as you said, lots of ways and there isn't one magic way of doing it. It's very much bespoke, depending on on what you feed off of yourself, and of course, what your target audience might 
enjoy as well because different stages of life different commitments maybe you know if someone's got small kids that you're targeting they might not be um so open to reading long forms of content they might be more on the go kind of consumer so it's kind of taking into consideration all those different facets and and making sure that we the way we launch is is the way that's really going to get heard and also at the same time is going to use the best of your abilities and 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 kind of uniqueness um to really kind of get out there and shine in your best light that is so true it's really important to be either very comfortable with the form that you're choosing or the platform that you're choosing because if you're there already you already have a bit of understanding and most people who are launching a legacy are are doing the majority of the work by themselves so rather than having this new thing that you're trying to put out and attempting to use platforms you don't know, don't understand, don't kind of feel comfortable with, that can lengthen that process of launching quite a long time as you're trying to fumble around in there and get used to it. So starting with what's in alignment with you and how, where are you existing? Where do you like to play around? Where do you check? What's on your phone that you scroll through? Um, What interests you? Because that's an easier place to start because you already have some exposure to it. You have a little bit of understanding of how it works. That's awesome. Then I love what you said, and I want to dig a little deeper into this. If this is new for people, one of the things in business that comes up quite a lot is this idea of figuring out who your ideal client is. Who is this legacy for? Who are you trying to reach? So perhaps you could give us some tips. If somebody really hasn't thought about this before, they've just been focused on the creation of their legacy. What would be some tips that you could give them to identify their ideal person? I love this one. It's the very first thing we do when when I work with clients um, on on kind of mapping out their their launch and um uh, and it's really fascinating how many kind of think, you know, how old this person is, but don't really maybe think about much else. Um, and and so where where I come from, like where I come from, but where, in all my learnings and all my practice, what I've um, kind of come to realize that you do actually need to know a lot more. And, and what I say about that is kind of really journaling. Uh, I, so I have like a whole load of uh, prompts that I share with uh, with my clients and things like what kind of um, obstacles um, are your ideal clients facing at the moment what's in the way of them to where they want to go so so first of all is what where they are identifying exactly where they are that um, in their lives right now and then where do they want to be and and you know if, if you're course uh, or your legacy is is delivering a transformation from that a to b point um then kind of really getting very clear of what is stopping your ideal client from from getting to that um destination right now what is in the way so whether it's time commitment whether it's stress whether it's lack of sleep i don't know nutrition whatever that might be um what is just getting really good idea of what that might be um, in in their life right now. Um, so that would be one of the one of the kind of things to consider. Um, another thing to think about is about the the kind of the the point of how you can help them help your ideal client to reach you because a lot of the time you sort of go out there in. Um, whether it's a guest blog or a podcast interview, perhaps, or um, writing an email, you touch people at different times of their life or different ways. Um, and it's kind of funneling um, those ideal clients down your funnel is what you're, um, what you're looking to do. So, so what we look at is, is the different ways that you might go out there to, to reach them, to touch them. And what it is that they might be looking for at those points. So um, the very first thing might be a blog post to solve a 
problem of some sort, or maybe to realize that they have a problem in the first place. Um, and then after this blog has been written, how are we going to pull them once they've read this? How are we going to pull them to maybe subscribe to your email, maybe to follow your page, maybe to connect with you? It's kind of really thinking about how can you capture them so that you can then nurture and every content piece that you might put out, you know, you'll be touching those people more and more and nurturing them. All of that is brilliant. So identifying who it is that you really want to work with, who is the person that needs what you are offering, what is your legacy, and really identifying that quite far down. Now, what would you say, and I hear this all the time, um, somebody has got their legacy developed, excuse me, and they say, well, it's for everyone. I mean, one of the challenges, of course, was saying it's for everyone. And if you try to reach everyone, you ultimately end up reaching no one. It's kind of like when you try to please everyone, you end up pleasing no one. So how can someone move past, but this is for everybody, to creating a much more specific audience? Okay, so... Yeah, definitely. The whole thing of reaching everybody is, is, you know, it's a busy place out there. (laughs) Wherever you turn, whatever channel you might use, it's a busy place out there. And if you're trying to speak to everyone, your message is going to get diluted and it's just not going to get noticed. So what is really useful is, is by identifying your ideal client and getting really specific who that is to a point of maybe even considering their job title, mm. um, is that you can literally think as if you were them. And the reason why that's useful um, and, and really kind of delving into this and identifying who that person is exactly is that when you can identify yourself with your ideal client, um, you know you know what problems they're facing, you know what obstacles they're having, you know... Um, whether they work with a team or if they have a a manager who might be micromanaging them or whatever issues they might be facing in their day-to-day, every piece of content that you go to create, whether it's a blog, whether it's an interview on a podcast, a specific podcast that would be listened by your target audience, uh, whether it's an email um, that you write, can be written in the way that you're literally having a one-to-one conversation with that person that you are identifying with. And the reason why that's so key is that in the sea of everything is for everyone, that one person, even if it reaches that one person, it will it needs to stop them in their tracks. And the only way to do that is when you are addressing something to them mm-hmm. um, and they can you know resonate with every piece of what you're saying. So the more specific you can get to to what that person does, you know, sees in their future, sees in their today, the easier it will be to create content uh, and come up with the correct messaging and, and the things that will be engaging and interesting to the right people. That is wonderful. I love it. And then... I want to just circle back to something you said, because it's really, it goes hand in hand with what we just talked about. Once you've identified your person, again, there is sort of a myth out there that marketing can be a one and done. You're going to post a video that will go viral and everybody will buy your program and you will become a multimillionaire. Um, I personally don't know anybody that that has happened for, um, or if it did, They were working for quite some time to nurture people and then it kind of pivoted or hit the tipping point. So let's talk a little about that. You talked about having a funnel system and nurturing. Can you address that a little more just in case that's new? It's a new concept for people. What does that actually mean? Okay. So absolutely brilliant question. I love that. And, um, and the, the, the things that we, um, uh, that I, I get my clients to consider is is kind of every touch point that you might create, every piece of content or, or whatever. Let's let's say they're attached 
well, let's, let's say they're pebbles in the river um, on one, you know, getting, getting your ideal client from one end of it, uh, from one side to, and on the other side is you and your course, your solution. So every pebble is, is their way of getting closer to that solution that they actually need. So every pebble will be used as a way to identify whether they have a gap or a problem in something, then identifying that you could be that person that could help them fixing that problem or plugging that gap mm -hmm. um, to then maybe sharing a video or a bit of training to show them that you are an expert in what you are talking about. So every pebble delivers a little bit more and gets them that little bit closer to that ed the other edge to where they want to be and how they want to get there. Um, so that's kind of a little bit similar to the funnel is every piece of the content you put out there, anything that you share kind of needs to bring people down the funnel. And at the bottom of the funnel is where you're converting your leads potentially. Um, so, you know, you're serving your, your legacy um, and really inspiring the, the audience. So does that answer your question? It does. And I want to pick up on again something else you said there. Uh, you talked about being in service to your people. I think that that is such an important distinction. Most legacies are designed to be of service to somebody or to serve a group of people to help make their lives better. We need to do some things to help do that. And it's important to do that, to be seen as being of service. Uh, in the business world, uh, coming out of BNI, there is a great um, thought process there that you know you need to be a giver and that givers gain. Also, that you need to be somebody who is in service. So the more you can provide to people, the more is going to come back to you. So it isn't just about putting it out there. I have this amazing thing you should buy from me because you are not known, liked, and trusted. We talk about knowing, liking, and trusting people. Your audience needs to feel that too, particularly if you're trying to offer this to people who don't yet know you. Um, we've all had that experience. You're right. In any social media platform, in any channel, it's busy. There's a lot going on and we're being sold to all the time by people who aren't taking the time to get to know us. We all know this feeling. And we all don't like it. Nobody likes to feel sold to. You only want to talk to me because you want something from me. And that is a place of resistance where people are like, mm -mm, not for me, I'll go somewhere else. We all want to feel like, just as you said, the person who's talking to me is talking to me. They understand my life, or at least parts of it. They can relate to some of the challenges that I have, and they are offering me a potential solution to this or offering me an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than myself that I can feel really proud of, that I can feel really good about being involved with. And everybody wants that feeling. They want to feel useful. They want to feel that they belong. They want to feel that you actually want them there and that you are connected to them and their success is your success. That is appealing. When I hear things like that, I think, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love how you worded that. It collects people to you versus alienating them from you. So I love that you talked about this nurture system. And of course, the funnel is this idea of taking it from everybody to your ideal people. Because you want to you don't actually want to work with everybody. It dilutes everything you're trying to do. Truthfully, you want to work with the right people, the people who bring you joy, who make all the effort you put into creating that legacy worth it. 
that you can then bring them joy and happiness and satisfaction and maybe more peace in their lives or help them find a new direction or know that what they're doing changes lives. That is so important, especially in today's world when we hear and see so much negativity to feel like in some small part, I'm involved in making that better. That's appealing to people. It gives them a strong sense of I've changed the world. And that's kind of what legacy making is, is this idea of changing the world for the better, leaving it better than what you found it. And so I love that you talked about that knowing who your person is, nurturing them, nurturing that relationship, placing all those pebbles so that it becomes stepping stones, right? Each step brings them a little closer. And some of them are, are going to step off and say, you know what, this is not for me. And that's okay. It's a timing thing for a lot of people. They may really need it, but not recognize they really need it. So you want to just stay in touch and, and, you know, have them feel that connection. And I get it that you want to share your voice. And let's talk a little about that because there is sort of this feeling um, or a thought process that being professional, and for those of you on the podcast, you cannot see my air quotes, but I air quoted that professional is like, you have to read like an insurance form letter that you yourself should not be present in the things you're doing, that it should be very formal, very structured. Um, what would you say to that? Oh, that's so, so good that you brought that up. I love that because that's exactly the transition I went through myself 14 years prior being corporate and in the corporate bubble where, you know, I I, I spoke as, as a corporate person um you know use that corporate language and and had that safety net in a way uh of of you know being supported with all the systems and processes and and everything else and then once you've stepped out into the world once I've stepped out of the world I certainly found that I was very vulnerable very open actually learning things about me uh which I never really uh, well, I just took for granted before, mm -hmm. <laughs> really, kind of learning about my values, really leaning into what drives me, me what motivates me. And the, the reason why we want to maybe lean into that and listen to who we are, that authenticity is what brings that authenticity and, and makes you stand out from everybody else. Um, letting people, you know, if you're enjoying if you've got a particular hobby for example let's say it's I don't know ballroom dancing awesome. <laughs> you know you know you you might find others that equally either enjoy watching ballroom dancing or maybe enjoy a little bit of a boogie uh, you know you could find common grounds with people and connect with them on that even deeper level with somebody and I think that's real where, where the real magic happens when when you can truly connect uh, and and kind of build those long-lasting relationships you know um and and you and you it comes from a place of service as well is is when you can really shift those you know whether it's mindset blocks um whether it's you know some sort of other barriers that have you know maybe um things from from the past or 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 some sort of I don't know trauma even and and kind of try and just pave your own way really uh, and and kind of let you shine out there a bit more um so very much kind of relinquish the the corporate shackles and and the formalities i think because at the end of the day we all are human uh, and we're speaking to people you know even if it's a um a, a product that you are talking about maybe um it's it's still to a person that you're trying to serve it to so it's it's very much about being human and, and connecting on that human level. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. 
The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. It is so important. I know for myself and I'm sure in our audience, when you hear people or see people, the people that we follow on social media platforms are the people we resonate with. Um, usually sometimes it's the ones we hate because we just want to talk about how much we hate them. But the reality is the ones we really enjoy are the ones we resonate with. So it would be worth looking at what is it that somebody else is doing that you are resonating with? Is it that they're sharing about their ballroom dancing and you had no idea this person did that off the side in their lives? And you think that's just so cool because it's so different from what they usually talk about. Is it that they're a dog mom or dad? Is it that they have children who are similar to yours and you can relate to that? Is it that they travel and either you love to travel or you want to travel or you, you know, would love to go to some of the places because they inspire you? Do they inspire you? Do they inspire? Do they make you smile? Do they make you stop and think? What are those pieces that you're attracted to? Because that's important to know. And then, of course, sharing a little bit about you. I know for sure. And as a podcaster, I can tell you when I post about my son and the stuff he is doing, I get tons of engagement on those kinds of posts because that's the part people relate to and they love to hear about in my life. When I share a little bit about what I'm doing in my own business, sometimes it's crickets. They're like, yeah, okay, lady, right? But recognizing that it is about those connecting points. And when I put together the things that I'm doing with the family that I live with, that's where the magic happens, right? In my own world. So thinking about that from your perspective, what, what is it that you want to do? If your legacy is meant to inspire people, then that's the place, that's the space and place you should be living in. Find quotes that inspire you and share them, you know, find articles that inspire you and share them, right? Things along those lines. If you're, you know, really wanting to get out there and be a mover and shaker and change the world, who are you listening to? Share their stuff. Ask your audience, are you listening to this too? Because maybe they aren't. Maybe you can introduce them to someone or something they've never heard of before. For that totally resonates. And guess what? When you do that in service, people almost always reach back out to you. That's the part I get that they come back and say, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for posting that. I needed to see or hear that today. Thank you for introducing this podcast or this, this podcaster to me. I'm so excited that we were able to do that because that just means the world to me and what I'm doing. Well, that's that relationship process. And any legacy is part of that relationship process. You want ongoing relationships with those people that are positive, that they feel so good about working with you. Obviously, you talked about being vulnerable yourself. Well, if they're going to be in a place of change, they have to be vulnerable too. And they need to be willing to share it with you so you know how to help them keep moving forward. And they're only going to do that if they know, like, and trust you. They're only going to go there because truthfully, I get all, I get pitched all the time. And when I'm pitched and it's out of the blue and I've never heard from this person before, almost a hundred percent of the time I say, no, no, thank you. I have no interest because the goal is not to get to know me. The goal is to sell to me. As I said before, no one wants to be sold to. But in the things that I choose to be connected with, I'm much more willing and interested in spending money with or devoting my time or volunteering for because there's that relationship. And you know, and I know, and our audience knows there are people in our lives that maybe you don't have daily contact with. But if they reached out and said, I could use your help with, you would drop everything and help them just flat out, right? You would do it. And we want to create that in our marketing. We want to create that sense that people speak highly of us. 
the world is tired of hearing the complaints and the negativity. We want to hear people sharing compliments. We want people to say, this person is incredible. They changed my life. Or you have to listen to this podcast or watch this TV show. Or did you read this article? It made me think of you, right? Things along those lines, people are really craving. And we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to help the world be a better place, not worse than it is today or it was yesterday. And so I totally get that. That's to- it makes absolute sense. And I'm so grateful that you shared those thoughts. When we come at it from a position of service in relationship, we have a much better chance of success than when we sell to strangers, for sure. Definitely. So let's talk now events. I want to just touch on events because events are a great way. So let's say we've heard some of this stuff. You've picked up some thoughts on, oh yeah, like I really like emails and I read long form emails. This might be the way that I want to go. And I think my people might be there. So we've picked a couple of strategies we like. Um, and then there's events. So let's talk about that because they can totally help people. And of course, events can be a whole variety of different things. So could you speak to that? Like what kind of events could people potentially hold? Gosh, there is really no limit to your imagination, I'd say, but connecting the launching with events as well. Of course, you can launch something as an event. Uh, So you can launch an event, obviously, but you can also use an event as a vehicle to unveil your program or your legacy or your course. So, so that's, that's often how I connect my two kind of passions together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so with the, with sort of just, just stay, sticking with the launch side of things, you could have, um, you could run a conference, you could run a webinar series, for example, if you wanted to pre-record something, you could run a challenge, you could run a one day training, a masterclass even, or a one day course or a one day um, event. So there's a whole host of different types and different styles. And of course, there's virtual events and there is uh, in-person events and there's hybrid things. So there's just a whole platter really to choose from. Um, and it really depends, again, going back to who you are as a person and what excites you and what motivates you. Um, and, and that's what we're going to, what we can channel in every kind of different format to make sure that we really pull on, um, on the event style and format to kind of maximize on, on the best features of you, really. One of my favorite events um, is actually running a workshop, and that's whether online or in person. Um, the reason why I particularly like a workshop is that it really brings people together who are excited to learn something, mm-hmm. um, for one. Uh, it obviously showcases you as the trainer because it, it gives you a platform and, and, a, and a stage to share your passion and, and your you know, love for your legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also give you know, a little taster of what, what kind of teaching style you have, what sort of... Um, expertise you have and kind of share that uh, as well um and the my favorite piece is usually kind of having some sort of a tangible element that you can you know leave the delegates with so for example in the workshop setup you might leave as a delegate you might leave with a worksheet or some sort of a tangible thing that you've just learned that you've just um made notes about um and then that for you to keep, you know, forever, essentially, but it's a great reminder of the exact best features of either your course, or you as the trainer, or you as the expert, and how well you have connected with that audience at that point. Um, and that's, that's the kind of the magic of events, really, it's that connection that it gives you that, that opportunity to showcase the best of you, but in, again, in the form of service. So you're serving, you truly kind of genuinely serve and and share your value and share your skills. And you genuinely want to help someone solve a particular need or a particular problem during that event. 
Amazing. I was also thinking, how cool would it be to launch with a fundraiser of some sort too? People really like, um, particularly this time of year, as of this recording, we're headed into the holiday season and people are thinking about donating, thinking about giving money. Um, I would also challenge people to think of fundraisers outside of the holiday season. There's often a big push in the holiday season and then very little. It's it's It goes from like a waterfall to a trickle in the new year. So it might be a great time. And the new year is a quieter time for people as a general rule. So I would consider people or encourage people to consider fundraisers beyond this. And you can do it any way you want. Like you can um, do a pub night thing and have people come in for a beer and burger. You could do a lunch and learn series where you book out a space in a restaurant and people pay maybe a little bit extra for their meal. So it covers the meal and then the extra goes to the donations. So you can host an, an information event and have people do um, um, food items for the food bank. Like you can do all kinds of things that will touch on people in really interesting and incredible ways. And again, thinking back, some circle back to talking about your ideal person, what resonates with them? Um, And if you don't know, put it out there, like ask people, would you do this or this? Would you, you know, if you had a choice between A or B, which would you like? I love it when people do that on like Facebook, here's my logo. Which one do people like? Cause they're asking for your feedback and people like to give it right. So ask and then put something together. It does not have to be a four day multi-speaker thing out of the gate. If that is really scary for you, if you've been in the area for a while and you feel like you could do it, great, do it. But if you're brand spanking new, start small and work to grow. So I love what you said about have it be, that's something that's in alignment with you. If you want to do a lunch and learn, which really You only have to talk for a little bit, then everybody eats and you say goodbye and they all leave. And if that works for you and you're like, oh, I could probably do that. Like I could talk for 20 minutes and then we're all going to have lunch and just socialize. Great. Um, You know, you can also do that in a way to be a lead magnet. Like um, you have people a tangible takeaway and they leave their email for more information. So now you've got a way to continue to be in touch and to nurture and cultivate that relationship. So there's lots of different events. They don't have to be big, massive scale events. They can, if that's where you're at, but if you're just getting started and this is all very new to you, I would encourage people to start small and some wise words that I received recently start messy. It does not have to be perfect. The reality is most of us are not looking for perfection because perfection is unrelatable. I can't relate to that because I'm not perfect. And if you're perfect, I think to myself, I'm never going to get there ever. Mm -hmm. So why try? And people back away. Real is way better. If you flub your words, it's okay. Most people don't even really notice. You notice they don't. Or what they notice is it makes you real. Or, you know, you spill a drop of coffee on your shirt and you got a little spot. Okay, well, I'm a mom. I always have spots on my clothes, right? So do my kids. That's relatable. Nobody is going to be like, "Mm, you know, she wasn't dressed perfectly. That's it. I'm out. And if they are, they're not your people anyway, right? So I would encourage people to consider looking at creating systems, which you talked about at the beginning to nurture all those relationships, and then look at events as a really nice way to bring together people. One of the other really nice benefits of an event is you don't know who is going to meet at that event, that really extraordinary things can happen. I've met some of the most extraordinary people that I've stayed in touch with. One of my best friends I met at an event. And we just clicked and that was that. We've been really good friends ever since. People sometimes find other people they can work with, or maybe they jointly want to do something to promote your legacy. You just don't know. But when we give people an opportunity to come together in really positive ways for the greater good, good things always happen. It's just a matter of figuring out what's happening. And sometimes we don't even get to know because they may not tell us, right, that they become new friends or whatever. So some really amazing things there. I love everything you said. It was so 
genuine and kind and really truly is about helping somebody who's trying to create a legacy reach the people that need to be reached so that everybody can rise together. And I adore that. Now, in our notes at the beginning, you had a free offer that I'd like you to talk a little bit about because I'm sure that there's going to be some people who are like, she said all these amazing things. I can't remember half of them. What is the freebie that you can offer them? Okay, so the freebie that I've got on my website um, is called Where Do I Start with Marketing My Course? So whether it's a course, an event or a group program, the process and the mechanisms will be very similar. Um, But specifically, if you do have a course, um, I suggest you go to my website and this guide has got 10 different ways that you can use marketing to your advantage, basically. So outlines the different methods, different tools, different messages that you might want to think about to kind of never run out of ideas for content. Um, So yeah, so if if you're at the point of what do I do, where do I start, then that's that's the guide for you. That's amazing. So why don't you share with us your website? Because I'm sure people are listening thinking, oh, I could really use that. How can they find it? Okay, so um course for a number four events.co.uk co.uk and that will be in the show notes so don't hesitate if you were driving please do not stop to write things down well stop to write things down don't write them down while you're driving that's bad no distracted driving so again i'm sure there are people out there who are going to have heard this ray and think to themselves i need to connect with this woman i have questions i have so many questions i'm just not sure i you know i'm gonna get the guide but still i'd like to speak to a person how can people find you and reach you so i um most often hang out on linkedin and facebook those are my by far most favorite favorite platforms you can also find uh force for events on instagram as well um so yeah so if you go force for with the number events um or on linkedin i'm under my first name uh and that's raymonda and um that's spelled r-a-i-m-o-n-d-a and um, you'll find me there. So yeah, please connect with me, follow me, um, send me a message at any any point. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to um, to just mention as well, if I may, mm-hmm. is my Launch Foundations course, um, which I've been running live uh, to up till now, but actually in the new year, 2024, I'm looking to do an on-demand version. So um, that's really exciting. And the the reason why the Launch Foundations um, kind of was born, I suppose, is that so many of my clients, you know, don't know where to start, don't know what they need, don't know what processes they might need or what pebbles they need um, in, in that river of theirs. And um, and so, so the Launch Foundations really focuses on that and, and we get very clear on the who is your ideal client, where to find them, why they should sort of buy your course or engage with you or why you are the right person. And also how do you do all of that? Mm-hmm. That is so important because you're right. Most people are focused on the creation of the legacy and then they get it finished and start thinking about the marketing. Now, we talked about people being real. And before we go today, I wanted to just ask you about a challenge you've had. Clearly, you know, marketing is great. You've had a huge interest. You've done a lot of research and reading and exploring in all these different areas, but you're human too. So to share with us this challenge that you faced and what you did about it. So the challenge is, um, is actually what my clients um, kind of deal with too, is, is that kind of overwhelm thing and, and thinking, you know, I want to launch this thing. It looks really big right now. What, how, how do I get there and how do I get past it? So it's really about breaking it down into smaller chunks. You know, so if you've got a launch of a course, you might want to break it down. What are those kind of little pieces that you need to achieve? What have you got already? What needs to happen, take place um, in in order to kind of get it out there? Um, And really focusing on one channel, the 
the other kind of common challenge or common mistake in a way is that you're um where you mentioned the shiny objects before Michelle is it's so easy to kind of you know especially if you're learning as you go with with the business and, and learning marketing as you go along it's like oh so and so is on TikTok you really need to try that if you haven't already you know if you're comfortably going on around your day on Facebook don't be tempted by TikTok unless you're really established in Facebook um, world and, and you know all the ins and outs because onboarding and learning that other platform is like almost like a full-time job can certainly be because you know each of the platforms are very different they're all got different benefits they've all got different features they've all got different things that work and things that don't on it so really focusing on the channel of your choice but sort of really honing into a point of you know if you need extra maybe training or or extra skills in that area to really maximize on the audience that you already built you know before you go and start up a new platform really kind of hone in that area and kind of really master it um, to make sure that you're kind of getting everything that you can out of it um, before being tempted by the shiny that is such wise words the very final point on that is that social platforms is really only one method of communicating. So whether you chose LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, that's only one social platform um, you know, of your choice. What I always try and get my clients to think about is that more of a one-to-one kind of connection, which you can only really achieve, achieve with email, um, you know, newsletter or something. So trying to get email addresses of your ideal clients which you can nurture um and really kind of get 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 um get to know with and build that know like and trust um directly with them and into their inboxes um and then consistently arriving there um it's um it's one of the key things that you know being on social is great but those are run by the giants of Facebook and the giants of LinkedIn. And and the worst thing that could possibly happen to a business is the loss of your channel because you are not in control of that. You can be shut down, you can be blocked, you can be hacked, whatever other nightmares, you name it, you are not in charge of that. Whereas with your own email list, you know, your database, that's your real estate of your business. And that's what I really get my clients to try and nurture and start if they haven't started it. Amazing. You are absolutely right. It is important to be in a few different places and one for sure that you're in control of. So that should, I don't know, the apocalypse happen and all social media disappears, you still have a way to continue to reach your people. That's absolutely brilliant. And I want to thank you so much for these really wise tips on how people can start launching their legacy, how they can really think about what they want to do. It isn't just about now I have to learn 75 new things. It's about starting where you're comfortable. So whichever platform you're really comfortable with or kind of comfortable with if you're not a big social media user to do that start to think about ways to collect those email addresses start thinking about how you're going to share that information is it long form short form writing is it video could it be a combination of a couple of things Um, is it going to be I mean, you can even create videos where you don't show up like there are ways to do that where it's presenting content, but it's your voice. If you're really nervous about that, still people want to see you. They want to they connect with you as a person versus your wisdom and knowledge first. Um, You know, those kinds of tips are really wonderful. Sharing, creating some events Again, doesn't have to be huge, doesn't have to be super expensive or incredibly time consuming. Starting small and impactful is really important. And it's kind of the way to go. You will grow as you go and you can start. I love that you said at the end, start with the things that are more familiar to you. You can branch out later and sometimes you can repurpose some of the things you're doing. So I would highly encourage written form and video that you keep. Because again, you can repurpose things into different platforms, slightly different ways, 
um, right? To be able to step into the next area if that's where your people are. But following what's comfortable for you and where your people are, nurturing those relationships is really going to lead to success for your legacy. And I adore everything you said today. So I want to thank you so much for sharing with us your wisdom. Once again, could you give the audience your the best way to contact you uh, before we clue up? So I on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook, either as force for with the number event or um, on LinkedIn, you can find me under Raymonda. And my website is force4event.co.uk. Love it. Thank you so much for the gift of your time and your wisdom today. I think that this is such a beautiful addition to how people can now, they've created their legacy, can start to promote it out in the world and have the right people, have the message reach the right people so that it can propel itself forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you shared today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been amazing. You are so welcome. And for the audience, Ray and I want you to know that we think you are totally awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.